Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Well, after a, a few very, very busy weeks, you would be expecting that we might be starting to slow down, but that is not the case with Premier Racing here in Melbourne. Metropolitan Greyhound Racing, we head to Sandown Park tomorrow, the 26th of May, and what a night of racing it is with the Speed Star Series. Has to be one of my favourite series of the uh, the year. We get to see four match races to kickstart the night. They're all mouth-watering clashes, and obviously they're the fastest greyhounds around here in Victoria, so we are in for an Absolute treat. Inside info. Run of the week. Thursday's preview. Now, you might think that was a little bit of a glitch. It was not. The guest that I've organised for this edition of the Green Light on Premier Racing Podcast, he's been kind enough to say that he's willing to do it all. He'll have a look at Run of the Week. Uh, we'll have a look at the preview and we'll get to know him. He's a race caller, a gun race caller. I speak of Dan Hibbard. He's joining us on the podcast. I think it's uh, first time on long-time listener, something like that, isn't it, Dan? It's very much so, James. He's been uh, an avid listener of the of the podcast, it certainly fills in a, a, a little bit of the trip to uh, to Sandown on a Thursday afternoon. So, uh, yeah, listening every week and uh, pleasure to be here. Well, mate, keep hitting a listen because we need as many, many listens as we can get. Your involvement in Greyhound Racing, you, you jumped up the ladder, I guess you could say, in the race calling game very, very quickly. Where did it all begin for you? Yeah, so I obviously started out calling harness racing, but my sort of in, involvement in the dogs basically, well, my dad uh, and his father actually, he was a trainer back many, many moons ago, and um, dad was a, a handler with uh, with him, and they raced a few dogs, not nothing, uh, nothing outrageous or anything, but you know, I think most people back in the back in the day had a, a dog or two, so. He was involved in that, and um, as sort of time wore on, I sort of was wasn't really involved in it at all until after calling a couple of harness races, I got offered the opportunity to to, to call the dogs, and uh, was uh, went down to um, Shepparton and um, called a, about three races for the about three meetings uh, under the guidance of Matt Jones, and then got the first uh, proper meeting on New Year's Eve um, of 2020. So it was uh, uh, a pretty quick uh, initiation from sort of calling my first uh, TAB harness meeting in the November to calling a, a Greyhound meeting at the end of the year. And, mate, you've uh, rose to the top very quickly. You've called now a Melbourne Cup and a, a May Carnival at, at Sandown Park. Can you explain? Look, I've been there and called those races. There's something special about those big features under the bright lights of a, of a track like Sandown Park. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's been it's been crazy to think how quickly that it's it's all happened, and uh, I feel very uh, very blessed of uh, of what's happened uh, to my career. And but yeah, the last yeah the last probably six weeks has been um, you know really has really I guess consolidated uh, you know the, the my feeling that you know I felt at home doing the job with the, the bigger races with the launching pad flowing into the uh, the big races last week and obviously the, the you know the match races this week so it's been uh, that the whole you know April and May have been you know really um, full on and I felt like I've, I've handled it pretty well and you know to get that opportunity back in November to, to call the the cup was uh, you know was certainly 
Uh, certainly was surprised at the time because I was sort of, I'd, you know, done a, a Bendigo Cup and I thought, well, this is, you know, good. I've, you know, settling in well at the job and just sort of, you know, doing a few meetings a week. And then to get that uh, opportunity was, uh, you know, a bit of a out of the blue situation. But um, pretty much since that time, it's sort of, I've sort of felt that, you know, this is, um, this is what I want to do, and um, you know we've sort of made a few changes to my other work, and yeah, at this stage, um, loving every minute of what I'm doing. Before. Mate, the one thing I was so surprised with the first, I think, meeting that you you were part calling at at Shepherd and with Matty Jones a while ago, and the guys at RSN actually said to I think a few of the callers, "Can you have a listen to this fellow who's coming through? He, he's um, attempting to be a caller." I think we're all blown away, to be honest, mate. It, it was like you were born to do it. Like, you, you just seem so comfortable. And, and I know when you're calling the big races, you say you don't get really nervous. You just you, you just do it. And, and it just comes through in the call. You can just tell how how calm, cool and collected you are when you're calling these big races. Yeah, it's, I guess it's, I've just, uh, you know, I, I grew up, um, you know, I played the trumpet when I was a, a kid from sort of year seven through to year 12. I did six years of playing the trumpet at high school. And uh, as a part of that, I, I did the last post for, um, you know, basically every year for Anzac Day and Remembrance Day and things like that. And I, then I ended up starting to do that at, uh, at, at funerals uh, as well. Uh, and I mean, that sort of thing was, you know, you're standing in front of 200, 300 people at some events and, and you're playing the trumpet on your own. And, you know, I, you know, I would make mistakes. I'd play a squeaky note or something like that, or you know, might uh, might not play it as 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 crisply as I'd like. And that sort of just you know instilled in me a a uh, a belief that you know you can do it. And if you make a mistake, it's not going to make a, a great deal of difference. You've just got to you know keep working at it, and you know eventually you you um, you know it'll it'll be perfect. And that's sort of what I've sort of done with calling. Is that you know I know it's not going to be perfect all the time it, it's just sort of limiting the the errors that you make and trying to be uh you know for the for the listeners and the and the the punters is you know basically just trying to get the the result right and 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 also making it a bit entertaining as well so um there's a bit to it but uh, i feel like i'm sort of I know, I know i've only been in it for two years but i'm starting to you know think that my my my, my way of doing it is is um you know starting to you know, smooth off the edges and starting to be a finished product. Mm, but I, I think from my perspective, you seem to be really true to who you are as a caller, which I think is really important when coming through. Just a weird question or an interesting mm. question, I think. Playing the trumpet, obviously you have to have a good wind system to play an instrument like that. Uh, do yep. you think that's helped with your calling as well, um, being able to... Because I know when I first started, that was one thing I had to work on, being able to get, I guess, the oxygen through your, your body to be able to stay up for a long time. And, and you listen to someone like Ronnie Hawkswell, for example, who just has this incredible knack of being at such a high level for a long time. And Greg Miles was another who I used to work with uh, at Flemington and, and that in the in the gallops. And you'd stand behind him. He's such a little man, but he, he was just so powerful with his voice. Yeah, I think it really sort of um, you know, did help uh, with you know breathing and and things like that, being able to uh, play the trumpet and particularly you know some of the some of the tunes that we used to play at school were you know I used to get a, a lot of the the really high parts. So that yeah, it's a fair way to sort of get to those those high notes with it. And I think the other thing is too, I think coming from a um, doing the harness racing trials and that where I was sort of you know, doing the trials for I I basically done them for twelve months if not a bit longer before the opportunity had sort of come up. Yeah, the the trots go. The races generally can go from anywhere from two minutes to you know three, 
So you've got a fair bit of, uh, you know, you've, you've a fair bit of time, um, you know, to t- when you're talking with, with that sort of in that code. So, you know, you sort of build on your, you know, your breathing and your, and your technique doing that. I mean, dogs is obviously a lot different, but being able to have, um, you know, be able to stretch it out for two minutes, being able to talk as, you know, long as you have to in that, and then being able to, you know, cram it down into 30 seconds, I think that's how, you know, being able to do that in the trots has helped me do it uh, a lot easier in the dogs. Run of the week. Moving along now, Dan, to run of the week. And uh, just before I hit play on the replay, mate, what was it like last week? Three Group 1s, Harrison Dawson, Sapphire Crown and the Sandown Cup. I know that Dustin Drew, he, he was hassling me for your digits to uh, to congratulate you on that call. Uh, it must have been great calling three Group 1s in one night. And, and was there one that stood out for you? Oh, it was a, it was a super night. But all three races were great. I thought the, the Sandown Cup was uh, a really good race because... Um, untapped. I, I'm, and I think 95% of the the greyhound folk would have thought, well, Jarek Bale's just going to win this or what the run that he'd had. But it was just super to see Untapped just hold it at bay and and win. I thought uh, Rapaki Rocks was super, uh, you know, weaving through the field. But I mean, well, she's fast. Uh, I mean, I knew after about 10, 10 metres that she was going to win. And I mean, that's not uh, disrespecting the other runners. But as soon as she jumped, it was just well, you know, times and margins because she was just. She began so much better than she did the week before, and it was just um, it was just a super run. It was an absolute absolute thrill to be there on Thursday night. The, run. the Sapphire Crown, they're ready. Racing. Wow, she's fast. Began brilliantly from five. Speed also lets win coin. But wow, she's fast. Got to the lead. Races clear from let's win coin. Vader Bale was third. Fourth was Devil 16. Deeper was Levitation. Well backed into Auspicious Queen. Immunity was next and then came Levitation. Wow, she's fast. Out by four. Trying hard was let's win coin. Vader Bale was next. Here she comes. Here's the best thing at Sandown. The million dollar girl wins. Wow, she's fast by six. Well, you segued perfectly, mate. Finishing with Wow, She's Fast. She was my run of the week. The time she recorded, breathtaking win, 18.45 down the back. And when I did the form for the race, mate, I thought she can't lead this. Idolise, Vader Bale, they have too much pace. But she is just a racing machine. And I think you nailed it in a call a couple of weeks ago, mate, when you said she's, uh, what was it, one of the, was one of the... Bravest name in racing. Yeah, that's it, mate. I think everyone's rolled with that one since. It's just, yeah, I mean, I, you know, as a caller, you sort of think of different things that might happen, and you know, most of the time it doesn't pan out the way you expect. But I sort of had that that line in my head, um, you know, because I thought you've you've really got to have you know serious balls basically to to call a dog or a horse or anything a name like that, and for it to to pan out like it has, um, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, it's the best marketing tool the sport can have is to have a a dog called Bow. She's fast, being absolute jet. Thursday's preview. Well, we jump from last Thursday night and uh, sink our teeth into this Thursday night. And as we said just a moment ago, the the Bill Collins Speed Star match races to kickstart the night. We're going to get a tip for every single race throughout the night, starting with the uh, the match races and the overall winner. Uh, first one kicks off at nine past six. McInerney v Rapaki Rocks. I think Rapaki Rocks just sits beside McInerney and then maybe blows him away the last hundred metres. <laughs> Yeah, pretty hard to disagree based on last week. I mean, he doesn't have to lead to win the race. McInerney's probably 
only chance is to try and get out and, and, and get a decent lead in. I just can't see it happening. I think um, you're getting about a dollar forty for Rapaki Rocks. I mean, it looks like a, a good anchor to spend any mortgage you might have through the other legs. I agree. Dusty Burbsky, I think, beats Security Man. He just doesn't handle the pressure, and he's going to get that immediately from Dusty Burbsky, who's going to roll up the track into him. In saying that, if Security Man can run that 29-22 that he did two starts ago leading, well, he's going to give uh, Dusty Burbsky something to chase. Yeah, that's why I've sort of gone with him. I just, I just don't know what to make of Dusty Burbsky at the moment. I know he's just going to run up the track, and um, Security Man's only chance is really to be you know, in front of him past the winning post. And if he is he's, and gets to the rail, he's a fair chance of, of winning the race. I thought this was probably one of the, the trickier ones of the three, of the four heats. Uh, I've just gone security man. You can get 320 about him, and I think that's probably not a bad price. I reckon the only way he wins security man is as he crosses at the first corner, Dusty Burbsky clips his heels and loses three or four lengths. If he does that... Yeah. Uh, it could yeah. be it could be game on, no doubt about that. That's, that's, that's what I'm sort of thinking too, to be fair. What about match race three? Aston Tango, Levitate. I couldn't split them. Uh, Levitation was extraordinary two starts ago. Aston Tango's been extraordinary now for, for two weeks in a row. This is, is a mouth-watering clash of evenness, I think. It is. It's it's really... And the market probably doesn't do it justice. I mean, Levitation's 165, the 225. I think Levitation can win, given it's only a, a two-dog race. Aston Tango's just been in superb form the last two starts. Yeah, I don't know what ceiling it's got, but uh, you know, it's it's still racing superbly. I pick levitation, but again, I reckon the market should be a lot closer than what it is. Match race four is probably the best match race of the night. Big Opal rocks off the inside, who is as quick as any greyhound around, and this uh, this amazing greyhound. Wow, she's fast. Drawn on the outside of him in box number three. I think Wow, she's fast. Wins the match race, wins the series. But I think Big Opal Rocks will give her something to think about, and I think Big Opal Rocks will run a place in the overall from the uh, the four match races. You'd expect this is going to be the the quickest of the lot, particularly with uh, the way Wow, she's fast going at the moment. Uh, I'm not going to tip against her, and I said in my preview on the radio last week. I'm not until she does, until she tells me not to tip her. I'm not going to jump off. So I think she'll win. But as I say, I reckon Big Opal Rocks will run. Uh, he'll run a quick time as well. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. I wouldn't be getting involved in the in the betting in that one. It's a dollar twenty v four dollars. I think it's just one of those races you probably just sit back and watch and enjoy too. Ripping dogs go around. Yeah, hundred percent. I I was against where she's fast a few times. Uh, big big mistake. She just goes to another level. Let's continue on, mate, with the preview race five, the uh, fifth grade over the five fifteen. Very very open race. Market on the watchdog uh, shows that with the whole field really given a chance. I'm with number one, Belbina Bale, racing well. I think the two's going to shift up the track initially, give the red the clear run. But I'm just not sure she's got the the strength to hold on, even if she does take that initial lead. It's a tricky race. I, I ended up picking the eight, <clears throat> my Sienna, from the outside draw. Uh, she had 11 starts for eight wins. I, it's been racing really well. It was a good run last time in 29-26. The draw's probably the sticking point, but, um, you know, I just uh, I actually thought it might have been a bit a bigger price than what it is on the on the fixed odds, but I, uh, I've i tipped it to win. But it's a it's a tricky leg, and it's a real probably a load-up leg in the quaddy, I'd say. Yeah, race six, I'm with number one, Do it. I just think he clearly does his best work when he draws the inside. I tossed up, this one I tossed up between Do it and the Punga Mustang. I ended up going with Punga Mustang. Only reason he's had so much success from the pink mm. box previously. So um, that's sort of the, the only reason I really took him. I thought, he's been, I thought his form's been, you know, first class. 
still it's just been a little bit, uh, probably a touch disappointing of late, but you're right, he gets the red ball and it suits him, but I'll go with Mapunga Mustang. Race number seven, thought another hard race, mate. It's uh, it's looking like a tricky program, but I always say if it's tricky on paper, there's always value to be found, so you don't need to back every winner. Uh, I'm with number two, Omega Gringo. He's been very hard to catch of late, but I, I like him when he draws the inside, especially over the, the 595 at headquarters in Melbourne. How do you see the seventh playing out? Yeah, another tricky one. I ended up, I just tipped Fearless Max just on, on spec more than anything. anything. Obviously, having his first crack at the 595. I mean, he had no luck last week in the Group 1 from the red. He was slow, and that didn't. Uh, that was basically the end of his chances. Um, I thought, uh, I, I know he's drawn the squeeze, but uh, I just thought he might be a, a place, probably not each way odds, but I thought he was a decent chance in that race. Race 8, we see Kinson Bale, who was runners-up in the Harrison Dawson v. Let's Win Coin, runners-up in the Sapphire Crown. I guess you could say the greatest plan. That one, well, it looks a, a good clash, the male v. the female. And look, for what it's worth, I'll probably go Kinson Bale because of the, the advantage of box one. But Let's Win Coin, she's just getting better and better and better every time she steps out. I thought she was amazing last mm. week, and I took her to win. I thought it was a, a, a magic run. I mean, she beat everyone else clearly bar the, the best one in the state at the moment, and I think uh, Box 4 is okay. She should get out of the, out pretty well, and if she uh, can find the lead again, she's going to be really hard to beat. Obviously, the Kinson Bale's the, the sticking point there with the inside draw, but uh, I've, I've been taken by Let's Win Coin, especially after that 100-1 uh, to win. Uh, it sort of showed that it was no fluke that night. Mm. I think the form's been really strong since. The last four, mate, on with race nine. Number one, Francis Benali. Race 10, I thought, was tough. I'm going to go with two, Bedrock Fred. The last two, I'm with Pandemic to win race 11 and race 12, number two, Warfy. Just quickly, mate, how do you see those last four? Well, I've gone with three out of those four, so we're <laughs> uh, pretty well on the mark there. I, I thought Francis Benali would win. Bedrock Fred, I thought, would win. The, the 11th, I thought, was a tricky race. I picked Usman Bale because I thought it was a good run last Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I went with Warfy in the last. Hunters Punting Club. Well, Dan, you listen to the show, mate. You would have heard that incredible jingle that we play when it's Punters Punting Club time. You know how this works? I do, I do. How are you going to play it, mate? I thought we'd, as a bit of a novelty, play the uh, the match races. Is there a way that you can make a dollar with your 50 on the match races? Yeah, it's it's going to be tricky. Like, Rapaki Rocks is probably... I. I think he's probably uh, the anchor. I mean, well, she's fast is a lot shorter, but I think Rapaki Rocks. If you take the dollar forty, I'd take uh, Security Man as a, as a as a bit of value in that second race. So I I don't put uh, the the last two. I might watch them go by. I think race one number three and, and race two number three. Uh, just uh, stick the pineapple on those as the margin. I tell you what, have you got boxing gloves where you live up there in in the northern part of Victoria? Well, they're probably around here somewhere. Mate, we're going to need them because I'm going head-to-head with you. I'm going to do a two-leg multi as well. Race one, number three, Rapaki Rocks into Dusty Bursky. Mine's shorter, so it should be more likely to come in, but one of us are going to have a win, I think. Well, you'd think so. Hopefully, Rapaki Rocks does this, uh, does the right thing and uh, gets us to that second heat. You watch McInerney or Rollis in the first. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be no yeah, need for yeah. gloves. Hey, just before I let you go, mate, she's a pearl. V. Wow, she's fast at Sandown Park. Who wins? Oh, look, I, I'm not going to tip against where well, she's fast on her home track if that was where, uh, you know, where they happened to clash. But uh, she's a pearl's just... Uh, the thing that she's got in her favour is the fact that she's just about faultless from the start. Uh, you, it's not... where well, she's fast, she's not always 
you know, 100% gets out and just runs, whereas she's a pool, you know she's going to get out and fly. So um, I reckon uh, if, as if their nose for nose coming up the straight and I'm calling it, uh, I reckon I might fall out the window. But um, <laughs> we reckon uh, I, I'll stick with her, the, I'll stick with the local girl and say, well, she's Good on you, mate. As a host, I don't have to say anything, but I reckon wow, she's fast as well. We got to we got to cheer for the Victorians; they're the best around. But that that is something I hope we see a match race between the two of them. Maybe maybe they could do the tour: a race at Wetworth Park, a match race, a race at say Sandown Park, and then they can go to Brisbane. It can be fifty thousand to the winner for the the three races, or, or something like that. I, I think it would be a, a great spectacle for the sport. Well, mate, thanks for coming on. As I said a moment ago, and uh, good calling tomorrow night. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. A real uh, real thrill to call the, the Bill Collins speed start tomorrow night. And that wraps up another episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you want to know more about Greyhound Racing, head to grv.org.au or follow them on the socials. GRV, they're on Instagram. You can send them a message there. Until next time, punters, safe travelling and happy punting.